You got to answer spoken words with spoken words. Well, your children are this and that. No, 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 no. I don't mind telling you, Mr. Devil. My children will never go to hell. My children will never live for the world. My children will live for God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This promise is to me and to my children and as many as that are far off. Hallelujah. And I I, I don't mind telling you that will never happen. Yeah, but they're adults. It doesn't change. They never stop being your child. You may not can tell them what to do in the natural, but you can change things spiritually. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. In Genesis 18. Genesis 18. And verse 19. This is when God is talking to Abraham about the... uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, verse 18, See that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in him. He's saying, should I tell him? For I know him that he will command his children after him. And they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring on Abraham that which was spoken of him. So children have to learn to know and choose and love God. They, they, they have to learn to know God, to choose God, and to love God. Hallelujah. Because parents are clothed with a holy authority to lead their children. You are clothed with a holy authority from God to lead your family. Hallelujah. We know, Pastor, what if I'm a single mother or a single father? Well, that's not the, listen, that's not the best scenario, but it's not the end of the world. God will get, God has given you that authority. If you're a single mother, God has given you that authority. If you're a single father, God has given you that authority. You cannot ever let your circumstances in life cause you to back off of what God said you had a responsibility to do and what he said he's given you the power to do. Amen. Well, my husband isn't living right. Well, that's not the best case scenario either, but it doesn't alleviate you of the responsibility. Amen. Hallelujah. I've had people come say, my husband won't pray with us, and my husband won't read the word with us. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I just don't know if I can do it. You have to. It's not you don't know if you can. You have to. You don't have an option. You don't have an option. Hallelujah. If, if you're a grandparent of smaller children and they're not being taught right at home, you know the truth. You've got to teach them. That's why the Lord said to me, there are principles of faith that, that they don't understand. You do understand them and I'll hold you accountable. I understand, so I've got to operate in it. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Yeah, but pastor, that's challenging. I know, but the reward is great. The reward is great. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Exodus 2. You're right there in Genesis. Exodus chapter 2. This is uh, the birth of Moses. Verse 1. There went out a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. 
And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. This is Moses' parents, Jochebed and Amram. And notice it says she saw he was a goodly child and she hid him three months. Training begins with the eyes of faith. You're seeing your child doing what God wants them to do. Amen. That's why I have a statement about my children, one in particular. They're following the plan of God for their life. I've had people say, why, why are you saying that? Because that's what I'm seeing. What better could any of our children do than follow the plan of God for their life? Amen. Hallelujah. I was, I was at a get-together one time, and uh, somebody asked me, he said, well, how is so-and-so doing? Asked me about this child. And I said, oh, they're following the plan of God for their life. Amen. And they looked at me, and they said, now, <clears throat> and they got real serious. <clears throat> Now, you know, we understand how you believe. And, and you don't say negative things. And then they looked at me real serious. You know, I mean, like somebody had died serious. But tell us, how are they really doing? Y'all will forgive me, I could not resist. I just leaned over on the counter and I said, well, okay. I'll tell you how they're really doing. And they got this look on their face like, like they were going to come hug me. I said, I'll tell you. And I took a deep breath and I went, they're following the plan of God for their life. And they said, I knew it. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't tell the truth. See, now, now, see, they, they don't understand the things of faith. I did say truth. I'm seeing with the eyes of faith. Isn't isn't it amazing how a faith person can look at something and see the good end of it and a a flesh doubt person will look at it and see an opposite picture. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what do you say when people start talking about that child or another member of your family? Listen, I don't let the talk go on. I just tell them, look, they're following the plan of God for their life. And that's all I've got to say. Yeah, but what do they think? I don't care. It's my child. It's my family member that's in the balance. Oh, hallelujah. In each child born to believing parents, faith Sees the goodness of that child. I don't care what your child is doing right now. If you will look through the eyes of faith, you will find something good. I I saw some of y'all going, oh boy, I don't know. You will find something good. If it isn't anything, but boy, they sure do keep that child clean. That's something good. Yeah, but they're not bringing them to church. Okay, but hang on. What? Listen, are, are you looking 
at the seat next to you and determining your child's stand with God based on the fact that they're not in church? Or are you seeing through the eyes of faith that there will come a day that they will feel that the house of the Lord is the most important place on the earth and they will bring their family and your grandchildren to church? That's what you've got to be looking at. Amen. You've got to be looking at that. Now my grandkids aren't getting any younger. That, that, see, you're getting over their focus. The, the enemy's pushing you. He's, the enemy's prodding you. Faith doesn't push. Faith leads. If you're being pushed, if you feel like somebody's got their knee in your back, that's the devil. And he's trying to make you think that what God told you isn't right. It is right. It is the most right thing in the world. Amen. Do you understand? You've got to get to the point where everything that doesn't line up with what God said, you consider it a lie. You don't just consider it, you know, different. It's a lie. That is a lie. Amen. And you answer it that way. Devil, you're a liar. You are a liar. My family is not going to hell. My children are not going to hell. I will not prepare myself for their destruction. I'm preparing myself for their victory. That's what I'm doing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My, my, my wife and I were going through a challenge with one of our daughters. And I'd be, I'd, I'd be laying there in bed at night. And you know, the enemy is such a coward. I, I was going through a, a, a physical attack in my life. And, and it was, I, I was having to stand in faith. I was, I was, I mean, it's just the way it was. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, for any other reason. Just say that's the way it was. And the enemy started in on me in that condition about our child. Started bringing thoughts. And, and I would hear these words, you better plan their funeral. And, 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 and those images would start coming. And people say, what would you do? Well, I didn't lay there and cry. I had to get up. I had to walk the living room. No, sir. That will never happen in the name of Jesus. I will never, I will never give in to that. My child will live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Hallelujah. See, because you got to see the goodness. Every victory is a victory. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Well, you know, they only came to church twice last year, but they came twice. Yes. Twice they heard the word. Yes. Amen. Well, my child only comes to church when something bad goes on, but at least they come to church when something bad goes on. It's, it's, do you see what I'm saying? This is not positive thinking. A glass half full, glass half empty. What are you seeing? Are you seeing the good or are you seeing the bad? You can't believe if you're seeing the bad. You can't believe for anything but the bad if you're believing the bad. But if you're seeing the good, you can believe for the good. I will see the goodness of the Lord in my family's life. Hallelujah. 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 And you know, I don't beat them up, but I don't mind telling my kids, God's got a plan for your life. Amen. Amen. 
The Lord, the Lord did something real good for our oldest daughter uh, not too long ago. And, and I heard my wife in the kitchen shouting. And she said, Jess, the Lord did that for you. Yeah. And, I, and I heard my daughter. She said, you know, I know he did. I just, I wish he hadn't taken so long this time. <laughs> well, there's a lot you can get into that. But here's my child that was raised under the word and raised under the things of God. She still knows to give God the glory for the good things that happen in her life. You got to see the good. What did I do? Man, I, rejo- I still rejoice about that. Yeah, but they're not perfect over here. Well, so what? You got to rejoice for the victory. Are you seeing the good or are you seeing the bad? Because whether you've raised them or are raising them, get ready. You're going to see mistakes. They're going to do things you don't agree with. And, and if you get thrown off track every time a child does something you don't agree with or makes a mistake, you're in trouble. Hallelujah. Now, am I helping y'all? I got 15 minutes. Why, why do we dedicate our children? It's not a religious observance. It's an act of faith. I am dedicating this child to the Lord. Now, don't back off that. I, I, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if I did, I, I would imagine most Christian parents dedicated their children to the Lord. If you dedicated them to the Lord, that, didn't, that hasn't changed. Don't come off that statement of faith. The patriarchs would lay hands on their children and bless them by faith. They blessed them. It was an act of faith. They blessed them by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, people make fun of Jacob and call him all kind of bad names. Liar, supplanter, cheater. Now, if you believe that's what he was, that's up to you. But if he was that, Isaac called him blessed. Isaac said the dew of heaven would rest on him. Isaac said the blessing of, or, of, of the Lord would follow him. God promised him when he was on his way to Laban's and he saw the, the ladder with the angels descending and ascending and he made God a promise, if you keep me, I'll come back here and bring you 10%. And God said, the land that you're walking on, I'm going to give it to you and your seed after you for an inheritance. Why would God respond that way? Because Isaac spoke over him in faith. If you'll keep your words right about your children, God can speak to your children. But if if, 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 if my words are they don't love God, they don't care about God, they don't want anything to do with the things of God, how can God get through your unbelief to speak to them? Hallelujah. And you might need to be speaking nice things about your spouse or your ex-husband or your baby daddy or whatever it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if, you, if you're having trouble in your marriage, you're never, you're never going to get the victory talking about how lazy he is and how he don't care and he's not romantic and, and he don't this and he don't that. Well, you're just going to keep a blob in the lazy boy. If that's what you keep talking about, that's what you're going to have. An immovable hunk of stone in the lazy boy. (laughs) My wife, you know, my wife. You got to stop that. That's the love of your life. Amen. Amen. That's the best thing that ever happened to you besides Jesus. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, that's, it's not a Christian song. You know, the thrill is gone is not a hymn. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. But that's what, the, that's what the enemy will try. You'll come in and, and, and the wife or the husband or whatever, and you'll come in, they'll kind of just glance at you. Hey, hey, you know, and, and thought will come in your Well, the thrill is gone. You better start, yeah. Amen. You better change that tune. Amen. How can the thrill be gone when she just thrills me down to my socks? How can the thrill be gone when he's still the most handsome thing I've ever laid my eyes on? Hallelujah. That's where all you guys should be shouting. Amen. Hallelujah. When I had hair, she would just run her fingers through my hair. Hallelujah. Well, but she don't look like she used to. Well, neither do you. You know, it always, it always got me how a guy that can't see his toes will talk about how his wife's gained weight. Have you looked in the mirror? The mirror is the, the, the spare tire detector. Have, I mean, you got out of the shower the other day and belly, water came out of your belly button, so it's... it's You've been over and there's a fountain of living water. There it was. I better move away from that. We're talking about kids. Hallelujah. But see... The, 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 the point that I'm making is <laughs> you, you got to see the good. You, you got to see the good. Who, whoever it is, whatever it is, you got to see the good. I used to know a lady and, and her, her, her children were not living right. But man, she'd talk about her daughter and she'd say, boy, she sure does take good care of those children. And you know, there are people who say, well, if she cared about them, she'd have them in church. I, I agree with that to an extent. But you, you, we need to bring our kids to church. I'm preaching on that. Yeah. But you're seeing the good. Yeah. I say, you're seeing the good. Yeah. Say out loud, I'm seeing the good. Seeing the good. Notice Hebrews 11 and 23. Am I helping you this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. Because I, I, want, I want you to see what you want to see in your children. Hebrews 11 and 23. Notice what it says. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and were not afraid of the king's commandment. So faith sees and does not fear the danger. I hear so much of this in church. Well, you know, this is a different America than I grew up in. Mm -hmm. It is. I saw something the other day. They're trying to pass a statute in Washington, D.C. that when school opens back up, that uh, kids uh, 12 and above, that if their parents have not got them vaccinated or they didn't want them to get vaccinated, that the kid can tell them, I want to be vaccinated and get vaccinated and the, and the parents aren't told. Now, they haven't passed it, but they're trying. Now, I'm saying this for a reason. Amen. 
And, uh, you know, they, they, they've even decided that if they pass that, the insurance company cannot send an explanation of benefits to the parents because it's the child's right. Well, it's not, and we know that. But, but here's the thing. People will hear that, and they'll go, well, my Lord, that's different when I was growing up. Yeah, it is. But that doesn't change the work. See, we see the danger, but we don't worry about the danger. We prepare the ark. Oh, hallelujah. Because we've all got stories. I, I, listen, I had a teacher named Lucille Newton. Lucille Newton was about 100 years old. Now, not really, but that's what it seemed like. Amen. And, and I went to school in a small town, and uh, I, I'll, I'll tell on my, uh, my uh, illustrious past here. And, uh, you know, all of us young teenagers, young men, we, we, we wanted to try our hand at dipping snuff. <laughs> I know nobody ever did that. But, you know, you, you'd come to class and, Lucille Newton was my math teacher, one of them. And uh, I'd, I'd come in her class with a dip of snuff. And she'd get close to you and she'd go, are you dipping snuff? Man, she had a nose for Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, this, this is where I got to tell you, you know, this is, this is my past. I'd lie. No, ma'am. No, Miss Newton. I'm not chewing snuff. Open your mouth. Well, how do you tell someone 99 years old that you're not going to open their, your mouth? Boy, she'd, and, and she'd go, she'd go, I see it. And you're going, uh-uh, no, it's not, it's not that. And she'd just go like this. Go to the principal. Go to the principal. Go to the office. Well, you had to go. So now, here's my point in telling you this. When I got home that day, my principal, Mr. Van, had called my home and said, well, Philip was in the office today. He was chewing snuff. So it was a different time. I couldn't get away with anything. Now, was it a better time? Yeah, I think so in, in that regard. But it doesn't change the Word. The Word works whatever environment you put it in. You see the danger... I say you see the danger, but you don't fear the danger. Amen. Well, Pastor, you know, I can't homeschool my kids, and I can't afford private school, and i got to send them to public school. What do I do? You better send them in faith. I got a little quiet. You better send them in faith. But all the stuff they're teaching in school, you better send them in faith. You better put the Word in them now. Get the Word in them at home. Amen. Satan fears the spiritual strength that's potentially in your children. He fears that. The Bible says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. That means that our children are a weapon against the enemy. You know why I disagree with a lot of people that says, you know, everything's over and America's going to hell in the handbasket? Because we've still got a generation that's coming up that knows the Word of God and knows the power of the Holy Spirit and knows how to pray. Amen. Amen. Hide your child in the shadow of the Almighty. 
Notice what it says. By faith, Moses' parents hid him, and he was saved and became a savior. You hide your child by faith. Don't let, the, don't let society and your grandchildren, don't let society dictate to you what your children need to watch, what they need to listen to, what they need to be exposed to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you see that? Because society will try to get you to, to believe and try to get you to understand, to, to, to believe that if you don't expose them to certain things, that they're not going to be well-rounded. And you don't, you don't want your child to be ignorant. And you don't want... Mm-mm. No. You hide your child in the shadow of the Almighty. You save them. You hide them. I say you hide them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One time, my one of my oldest daughter, one of my older children, they 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 were kind of joking around with me. They said, "You know, when we were growing up, you wouldn't even let us watch and they name something that had all kind of magic in it." And I'm not telling you that you need to avoid that. That was just our our choice. And and they were kind of laughing about it. And they looked at me, and I said, "Yep." And if you were that age, I'd do it again. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. Why? I'm hiding you. You may not have understood it, but I was doing my best to keep you from the things of the world. Not to keep you out of the world. That's impossible. We're in the world. We're just not of it. I was doing my best to hide you. And and if you think I was wrong, that's fine. But I look at your life and I see the morals you have and I see the temperament you have and I see the ideologies that you have. I did pretty good. And that's, that's what you need to say. That's what you need to say. I raised my child right. I did the right thing. I hid my child. Well, what if I didn't? Then you need to, I will go back to point number one. You need to go back and by faith, you need to be calling your children what you know you should be calling them now. Don't let, oh Lord. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you there's no hope because of a mistake you made. Amen. And I might as well just blow the whole shooting match right here. And don't let the enemy convince you that because maybe you sinned and got pregnant when you weren't married or whatever, that there's something wrong, that the enemy has an open door to that child because you got pregnant out of marriage. That's a lie. That's baloney. If you're born again, you can shut the door regardless of how that child was conceived. I had a lady come to me one time in church. And she, she was talking about a certain situation. And, and she was talking about generational curses. And she said, talking about a certain child that was, that was born out of wedlock. And she said, uh, uh, you know, we should do something about this. I said, what do you mean? She said, we need to break the curses off that child. I looked at her and I said, that child's been dedicated to God. The curses are broken off of them. And don't you dare, don't you dare go tell that parent anything. Amen. You go tell them anything, you're out of here. Because that's not, that's not, that's not biblical. Amen. Oh, child was born in sin. So were you. If you had two God-fearing parents, you were still born in sin and shaping in iniquity. That's what the Bible says. You had to get saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I don't want my, my child to be called illegitimate. They called Jesus illegitimate. 
They called Jesus illegitimate. It didn't make it right. It didn't make it true. Yeah, my child doesn't have a father. Quit saying that. Your child does have a father. His name is God. He has God as his father. And you lead him in the ways of his father. You lead her in the ways of her father. And everything will go all right. I'm almost done. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. So God not only needs a Moses, he first needs a Moses mother and a Moses father. Notice verse 24, what it says. By faith Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had uh, respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Notice this. The education that mother's, Moses' mother gave him during his childhood was so successful that the training of Pharaoh's palace couldn't erase it. Look how God worked that out. She became his nurse. When you, when you read that in the book of Exodus. Remember uh, Miriam was there and she said, do you need a Hebrew to nurse the child? Well, of course, that was, that was to feed, to breastfeed the child, but it was also to be their nurse. She, she didn't quit being an influence in his life after he was weaned. She became his nurse. She became his teacher. Well, you know she taught him the things of God because he knew them. He knew about his destiny. That's why he killed the Egyptian that was, that was hurting an Israelite. In, in Stephen's uh, sermon in the book of Acts, chapter 7, it says that, that, that Moses did that thinking that was how God was going to deliver the people of Israel. He knew he was the deliverer. How did he know that? Somebody told him. And it couldn't erase the training. Amen. When you're speaking the word of God over your child, whether they're adults or young or preteens or whatever they are, listen to me. What they encounter in the word cannot in the world cannot erase what's written on their heart. The Bible says in the book of Romans, it says that there are Gentiles that do by nature the things that are written in the law. Because the law of God is written on their heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Let faith hide your child from the world. Brother Hagin used to say this. He'd say, if you're believing for your children and the enemy's running, uh, attacking your mind about it, you just tell the Lord, Lord, I, I surround my child with faith and love. I surround my child with faith and love. I surround him with faith and love. Let faith train your child for the real kingdom. Hallelujah. 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 Ever how old they are. Ever, what, ever where you find them. Ever how young they are. Let faith train your child for the real kingdom. And, and I'll say this. Someone will say, well, you know, how do I believe if my child is, is living in sin? Or how do, how do I, what do I do? You know, how do I believe if, if my child... Is, is pregnant out of wedlock or, or whatever. I'll, I'll tell you, you, you ready for this? You choose life. Amen. You choose life 
And you stand on that promise. That's how you believe. Everything. Everything's going to turn out. I'm telling you today. Everything where your children are concerned is going to turn out. The Holy Spirit, if you believe this, the Holy Spirit is dealing with them right now. Every day when you think about your children, you say, ministering spirits, I send you to set events in motion whereby my children will hear the gospel and turn their lives to Jesus Christ. And you don't come off that. You don't come off that. Amen. And, and a certainty will come. I'll end with this. Uh, the, the same child that I was talking about before. Uh, I had, uh, one day I was praying. I was seeking the Lord. I was seeking the Lord about this child. And uh, the Lord asked me some questions. I mean, I was, I was really going after it. You know how you really go after it. And thanking the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Philip, he said, uh, what is my responsibility where your child is concerned? And I said, uh, you said you would contend with them that contend with me and you'll save my children. And he said, okay. And then he said, so what is your responsibility? And I said, to believe you. And, and, and maybe the Lord just has talked to me this way. But he said, so my responsibility is to save them. And your responsibility is to believe me. So that means you can't save them. I said, Lord, that's right. And he said, so why are you worried then? If you can't save them, why are you worried? And, and the Lord said, and by your own teaching, if you're worried, you're not in faith. See, isn't it interesting how the Lord will bring back to you what you preach? Man, I, now I'm, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Michelle's told her side of this. I made the determination. I'm not losing one more night of sleep about that child. Lord, now, now don't misunderstand me. I didn't just say, I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm putting them over in your hands and, and I'm not going to mess with it no more. No, I had to keep my faith on the confession part of it. But remember, your confession is your testimony. That's what you believe has happened. Amen. And I went to bed and went to sleep. Pastor Michelle, that night, she said she was laying there in, in the bed and her mind is just running. And, and she said she looked over at me and I was asleep. And she said she told the Lord, now, Lord, he's asleep. And I'm up. And the Lord said, it's because he's quit worrying. You got to quit worrying and go to sleep. You got to quit worrying and go to sleep. You got to make a decision. I'm not going to worry about him one more day. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't just tell all my business. This child ended up homeless. You hear what I'm saying? And I knew they were homeless. I didn't know where they were. And God's telling me, don't you worry about them one more day. Hallelujah. Well, wasn't that hard? It's on, listen, it's only hard if you insist on worrying. When you refuse to worry and you pull everything under the Word, hallelujah. Well, you know that child's not doing everything I want to see him do yet. 
Amen. But they gave me a beautiful little granddaughter, little Natasha. Amen. And they're working a steady job. Got a decent place. Amen. And they're keeping a job. And when they need prayer, they call me. Hallelujah. 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 And somebody said, well, that's not perfect. Yeah, but it's not where it was. The only way you grew in Christ was rejoicing and celebrating every victory. Amen. I'm telling you, as we're closing, let's stand up. I'm telling you, as we're closing. (laughs) You're not going to worry one more day. Not one more day. Hallelujah. When those children come to your house, treat them like they're saved. I've watched kids, they'll come in the house, and mom and dad will just jump on them, jump on their adult children. When are you going to start living right? When are you going to get your act together? When, when are you going to marry that girl? <laughs> your words are stout against what you want. You need to be dealing with that in the prayer closet. Father, I thank you. Lord, if this is the one for my son, I thank you that they'll fall in love and get married, Father, and serve you and bring their family to church. Lord, if it's not the one for you, Father, I ask you to send the one that's right. I ask you to send the one that's right. Father, make this breakup amicable. I'm not wanting to break it up, but Lord, if it's it's not right, make the breakup amicable. Make it peaceful. I want my child to live for you. I want them to walk in the peace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I got a text the other day from one of my daughters, and they they were showing me a dinner that this gentleman had made him and talking about how nice he was. And people say, well, what'd you do? Well, they didn't immediately text back and say, well, it looks like a good one to me. I stopped and I prayed and I said, Lord, if this is the one for my child, I thank you, Father. I thank you, number one, that you send somebody along his path that if he's not born again, that they'll share the gospel with him and he'll get born again. That's number one for me. I don't care how rich they are, how handsome or how ugly. I don't, I don't care what color. I don't care what size they are. What matters to me is that are they living for God? I want them living for God. Amen. Hallelujah. They walk through the door with a six foot five uglier than a gorilla. And they love the Lord and will take care of them as a family. I don't care. Or, 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 or if they walk in with a five foot nothing skinny bean pole. I don't care. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs>